This morning, I want to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. When you receive Christ, the Holy Ghost begins an operation in you. Praise God. The Holy Spirit starts an operation in your life. It is an exchange of life. Because to be in Christ is to be in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When you received Christ, you stepped into the kingdom of God. You came into the kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. Hallelujah. From that day, you are not the same person you used to be. Spiritually, you have been changed. Something happened to you. So you entered into a new spiritual dimension. But it's just an entrance. To be born again is an entrance into the kingdom. The work is, is about to start. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ said that when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will lead you into all truth. He alone leads the believer in the truth. He alone leads the believer in the truth. Praise God. What is the truth? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, his life and his reality is the truth. You can be in the church and not be brought into the truth. Hallelujah. You can be in the church, but you're not brought into the truth. It depends on your cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It depends on what you do with what you hear. Hello? What do you do with what you hear? Every Sunday, every Wednesday, the message is going forth. It's going forth. The Holy Ghost is pouring truth to you. What do you do with that truth you, you hear? Jesus Christ said, as much as you hear, what you do with the truth you hear determines what the Holy Ghost will do in your life. So what do you do with what you hear? Praise God. As a Christian, victory is yours. It is yours. Success is yours. Dominion over sin and darkness is yours. Why is it that we don't see much of it in the life of many Christians? It's not automatic. Hello? It's a relationship you have with Jesus being worked out in you by the Holy Spirit. That is what brings you into the liberty. The Bible said it is for freedom that Christ set us free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, he, when he died on the cross, he took on his body everything that hinders man. Everything that limits man. Everything that keeps man in bondage. He took it on himself and destroyed it in his body. That is, that is his death is the death of the first Adam. Hallelujah. His death is the death of the first Adam. In other words, the end of that man. That old man died when Christ died. Praise God. He died with all his bondages. With all his sin, he died. He ended. On the third day, a new man was birth, was brought forth. Hallelujah. A new man was brought forth. He's a new species. Praise God. 
So when you receive Christ, you receive that new nature in you. And the work of exchanging your old life with the new life begins by the Holy Spirit. I was meditating and say, why is this process so long and so, so tiring in the life of many Christians? Why? Why is it that when we receive Christ, instantly we don't change? Why is that? Why does it take so long a process for change to happen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God spoke to Abraham about having, having Isaac, you know, it took 25 years for Isaac to come. It took 25 years for his flesh to die. For Abraham's flesh to die. His, his human capability to die, to be an end, for him to realize that I can do this. Praise God. When God brought you into Christ, the Holy Ghost begins the work of transforming your life into the image of Christ. Praise God. Into the same image and life and nature of Jesus Christ. Because that's the life you have. Until you understand it and cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the progress will be very slow. It will be very slow. Bible says, in him is light. In other words, he is light. Hallelujah. There is no darkness in him. There's no darkness in him. So if you be in him, your life will be light. Your life will be filled with light. And what will shine from you will be light. What is the light? The life of Jesus. The nature of Jesus. The character of Jesus. The victory of Jesus. These are the things that your life will be shining forth as a Christian. Hallelujah. These are the things your life will be shining forth. These are the realities of your life. In you there shall remain no sin. <laughs> Praise God. In you there shall remain no unbelief. There should be no doubt in you. These things are all works of darkness. To the degree that these things are in you, to that degree you have not changed. Hello? In you, there shall be no darkness because in 1 John chapter 3, it is written that he was manifested that he might destroy all the works of the devil. So having destroyed all the works of the devil, why is it that the works are still evident in the lives of the sons of light? Is the devil that powerful? Is it that powerful? <laughs> that after being defeated, thoroughly, he's still waxing strong in the life of the children of God. Why is it so? Why do we have so much unbelief? So much unbelief. When the word of God is expressly clear, what God has accomplished for us on behalf of Christ, in Christ. What God said he has done for us in Christ is truth. God is not lying. If God said that he has destroyed sin in the body of Christ on the cross, then sin is destroyed. Hello? If God said that Jesus was made poor, that you be made rich, why are we not manifesting? Why, why is the riches not manifesting the way up to? Hello? If Bible say that Jesus was made sick, he was sick and he was diseased, 
He carried upon himself our sickness and diseases that we might be healed. Why are we still battling with diseases? Hello? Is it that the word of God is not too effective? Or the work is not complete? So it has to do with us. Hello? Because Jesus was not sick for one day. Hello? He was not sick for a day. Not even a day. All his years on earth, he was not sick. He did not commit any sin. He was not sick. He was not weak. He was always full of power. What happened? What's the secret? And he said, it is the same life and nature that I have received when I have received him. Therefore, there shall be no sickness in me. There shall be no sick, no sin in me. There shall be no weakness in me. There shall be no doubt in me. Because as he is, so am I now in this world. Praise God. Now, that is the way I am. So where is the source of this weakness? The Holy Spirit is working in your life to remove from you every source of weakness. But he can only walk when you are fellowshipping with God. Hallelujah. The secret number one, in order for the work of the Holy Ghost to progress in your life, your fellowship with God must be consistent. Must be consistent. What is fellowship with God? Study of the word of God and prayer and church service. Again, personal study of the word of God, personal prayer, and attendance of service. These three things. This is what fellowship with God is. If these things are not happening in your life, the Holy Ghost, his work will be to get you to be doing these things before he starts bringing the liberty in your life. Hallelujah. He will encourage you to study. Listen, you hear Simon, most of us are here because today is Sunday. Hello? It's Sunday. And we have been brought up to go to church on Sundays. So we are here because it's Sunday. Hallelujah. What do you do tomorrow? Tuesday. You go to work. We are so tired. We come back, we sleep. Wow, we are so tired. <laughs> and then you leave. Again, on Wednesday, you try and come. And then on Sunday, you're here. Church attendance is good. But the work of the Holy Ghost in your life depends on your personal fellowship with God. That is very important. It cannot be overestimated. It's too important. Hallelujah. The work of the Holy Ghost in your life, what your life will turn out, how you're going to walk in victory and dominion, depends on your personal, private communion with God. That's why it hinges. Praise God. That's why it hinges. <laughs> because God is working with you personally. Dealing with you personally. Dealing with me personally. Dealing with you personally. Each of us. And it's working to bring out of us the light of Christ. Hallelujah. God cannot fail. God cannot fail. The glory of God is at stake in your life. If, if it seems as, as if God is failing, know it today that you are responsible for it. Not God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are responsible, not God. Because God is all-powerful, omnipotent. It's all-powerful. He said, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me to do? Nothing is too hard for him to do. It doesn't matter how hopeless the circumstances look. It doesn't matter. 
a man of faith can be in the desert and create an oasis in the desert. Because he has God in him. Praise God. One with God is always majority. Always majority. Praise God. Always. The, the, the weakness is lack of fellowship. Because change occurs in God's presence. Change occurs in the presence of God. If that is true, then I must make sure I'm in the presence of God all the time. Do you get it? If I want to see change in my life, morally, physically, financially, I must spend time in his presence. If this thing is not happening, forget it. You can be in church 10 years, nothing is happening. You can be in church regularly, nothing is happening. Because you will hear the message, it will go out from here after a while. The message you receive from Jesus personally is what stays. The message you hear from, from the pulpit is just an encouragement. It's like, it's like something that, you know, fires you up to go home to your closet. That, what happens in the closet is what determines the outcome of your life. Hallelujah. That is what determines how, how much power you will wield as a Christian. Your fellowship with God. A man of fellowship with God cannot be defeated. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> a man of fellowship with God cannot be defeated. Because you know God. You know him. You know him. The confidence comes from knowing him. And you know him through that personal fellowship with him. When you know God, you fear nothing. When you know God, no demon can come near you. Sickness comes near you. It's not even about you anymore because your past is about others. You're thinking about laying hands on others, how to lead people to Christ. not about you. Because you're so full of God. Hallelujah. Your faith is so strong that you're trying how to give this knowledge to other people, not you. Praise God. How can I help other people come into this joy, into this life, into this sweetness? The life of Christ is so sweet. Praise God. Can I have a witness? Yes. The life of Jesus is so sweet. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, in your fellowship at times, you just wonder how sweet the Lord is. How, how, how can I bring people to experience this sweetness? He's so sweet. He is your happiness. The Lord is your happiness. As a Christian, Jesus is your happiness. Amen. You are most happy when you, when, when you are lost in him. Praise God. So if that is the case, then it is utmost important that you spend time with him. Fellowshipping with him. Knowing his word. Studying his word to know what he says. How can your faith be strong when you don't know the word of God? How? Your faith can only be strong to the degree that you know and understand the word of God. Hallelujah. And you can only understand the word of God when you spend time studying it. Realize that he is in charge of your life. He has never failed to lead you to the expected end of your life. There's a plan and there's a destiny for your life. There's a plan and there's a destiny. He will lead you to your destiny. If you follow him, if you just spend time with him, praise God. No devil can stop you. He died for freedom. How can you be bound? He died for liberty. How can you be in bondage? 
It's not possible. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Realize it today that I am joined with omnipotent God. I am his child. Say after me, say, I am his child. Say it with all boldness. I am his child. We have parents here that have kids. You know how, how precious your child is to you. How precious you love your child. That's the way God loves you even more. So you know, he will not allow your foot to be smitten. No. He has sent his angels to protect you, to preserve you. God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The greatest thing that can happen to anyone is to become a Christian. To become a Christian is the greatest thing that can happen to anybody. That is, if you understand what it means to be a Christian. Hallelujah. That's the greatest thing that can happen to anybody. To become a child of God and begin to follow Jesus. To wake up each morning and realize that I am in heaven. I am a child of heaven. Praise God. I'm a child of heaven. I mean, you begin to imagine the, the, the city. You begin to imagine far ahead the coming of the Lord Jesus. You're going to be with him for all eternity. Hallelujah. You begin to imagine the joy, the preciousness of it. And you look on the other right, you see unbelievers. And you begin to talk to the Lord about, Lord, how can my life bring even one person into this glory? Because you cannot give what you do not have. If the reality of Christ is not really you, you can't give it out. You can't give it out. Praise God. Most of us in the church are just coming for what we can receive from God, what God can do for us. What we can receive. Blessing. You get it? Blessing. I have a need. I have healing. I have a need, financial need, physical need, all those things. We come for church for that. But Bible said those are children's bread. There are things that I provide for my own children. They don't ask me for food. They don't ask me for school fees. They don't ask me for clothing. These are the things a normal father will do for a child. Hallelujah. But there is a higher thing called purpose. It's beyond the food you eat. Hallelujah. It's beyond the food. It's beyond the earthly things you need. Praise God. A successful Christian is a Christian who is aligned to the purpose of God. Not one that has money. Hello? Not one that has earthly things. When you study the Old Covenant, you will find out that when they obeyed the law, they never lacked. No, no Philistine will touch them. No. Hallelujah. That's the old covenant. <laughs> they always walk in victory. No matter who comes to attack them, they will win. Because God is with them. Praise God. If these things are what happens under the old covenant, by the blood of bulls, what is the success of a Christian under the blood of the Savior himself? What should you be looking after? What are you looking at? What is your definition of success? Is it according to the Old Testament? <laughs> Hallelujah. Having good health. Having prosperity. Having earthly things. That is not the definition of success to a Christian. 
It can be to Abraham, but not to you. It can be to the, Lord, to the people of the, the Lord, but not to you. Your success is to manifest Christ. Amen. Your success is to manifest the life of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that Christ is manifested through you. Amen. That's your success. And that is high. Because in order for that to happen, you must die. You must die. Your self-centeredness must give way. <laughs> Your old life must give way. In order for Christ, the love nature to rule you, the purity to rule you, and the power to flow. We want the power. We want the power. Hallelujah. But we don't realize that the foundation of the power is the love nature and the purity of Christ. It's the life of Christ. Until you and I are grounded in this, the power will not flow. Hello? That's why he said, Paul said, let me show you the most excellent way. He called it love. The most excellent way to see the power and the gifts flow is love. Hallelujah. Love is selfless. That's it. God is love. God does not have love. God is love. His nature is love. If you have received the same nature with God, that means you too are love. How loving are you to your neighbors? How loving are you to people around you? How is that nature pouring out of you? Or you are still full of self, self-centeredness. And you want God to move. <laughs> you want God to move in your life. When your nature, you know, he told John, they were passing through Samaria, and he, the Samaritans didn't allow him to pass. And John and Jane said, Lord, let's call fire down and destroy these people. Joker said, you don't know the manner of spirit that you have. That spirit is still in the church today. People want their enemies to die. Hello? Do you know that Christians still see human beings as their enemy? No man is your enemy. No man is your enemy. You have only one enemy, and that is the Satan. No man is your enemy. Bible said, love all men. Whether they treat you good or bad, it's inconsequential. It doesn't matter how they do. You are to love people. <laughs> Easier said than done. But if you understand it, he will give you, the, he will supply the power for it. If you understand that this is your life, the power will come. Because you are ordained to love. You are love. You cannot preach to somebody if you don't love that person. Hallelujah. You cannot. You cannot give your enemy money. Can you? If somebody, quote, enemy comes to you and asks money, you, you remember the bad things he has done, you, you don't give him you, you will not give money. <laughs> because the pain, when you see the person, the pain starts coming back. What he has done to you comes to you. <laughs> so you cannot give something as precious as eternal life to somebody you don't like. Hello? That is why our nature must be transformed by the Holy Spirit. So we have the same nature with God. You know something, when I look at New Testament, 
You know, I know you love reading. Focus your reading. I know Old Testament is good, but focus on the New Testament. Understand it first, then you can go to the Old Testament. When you look at the New Testament, you will see something strange. They were killing them, and they were praying for them. Hello? They were stoning them, and they were praying for them. No, you don't get it. People were stoning Stephen, and he was praying for them. Jesus hung on the cross and was praying for those who were killing him. What kind of spirit is that? Hallelujah. Look at you today. A neighbor will offend you and you all flare up. A little offense. And you divorce your wife or your husband. Hello? A little offense. And you're full of anger. You're controlled by old nature still. You are still alive. Hallelujah. You're still alive. And there's a limit to the blessing you can attain in that, in that realm. There's a limit. Hallelujah. If you want to go all the way with God, then allow him to put you to death. The power of the cross is death to sin and the old nature. Hallelujah. The power of the cross is the death of the first Adam. I said earlier, it is the death of you, the death of your old nature. Your selfishness, your self-centeredness, your self-importance, the pride, that's the death of it. When the Holy Ghost gets his way in you, he will turn you into Christ. You will be full of love. Anyone who tests you, we say, hmm, this one is very sweet. Hallelujah. He makes you beautiful. He makes you beautiful. It is when that love nature and that pure nature is flowing from you that you, you, you are coming close to qualify. When Jesus said, I and my father will come to you and will make our bold with you. Praise God. Only then. Praise God. Only then. So you say that the, the purpose of God for your life is so great. But it is limited by our lack of understanding and lack of yieldedness. Lack of understanding and lack of yieldedness. Praise God. Because it is when I understand the truth that I begin to pursue its realization in my life. When I understand truth, I begin to pursue its realization in me. Praise God. Some school of thought in Christendom said that when a man is born again, he is perfect. Have you heard about it before? If a man is born again, he is perfect and he has everything. Praise God. To a certain degree, that is true. But it's not all true. Because when you are born again, it's like going to the street, pick up, picking up an orphan, and bringing it into your mansion to live. Watch this scenario. You go to the street, you pick up an orphan, and bring it into your household to be with your children. That orphan is going to be taught how this home operates. Hello? He's going to be taught how the children in this household dresses. Praise God. Everything about that orphan is going to transform to conform to the standard of the house. Hello? Then he can enjoy the blessings of the house. Do you get it now? All of us, all of us, we are picked so to speak, from the street. Hallelujah. 
by the grace of God. And we've been brought into the kingdom. And we are being refined. The Holy Ghost is refining us. He is changing us. That's what the Bible said. He that began this good work in you, he will continue it until the day of the Lord. What good work? The work of transforming you into the same image of Christ. Until the power and the life and the nature of Christ begins to ooze from you. Naturally. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is the work God is doing in us. And as that work is ongoing, every other thing you need with your physical life, he takes care of it. He takes care of it. Do not be so natural-minded. It is carnality. The Bible calls, says it is carnal. To be natural-minded or carnal-minded is death. Praise God. Don't be so focused on your circumstances. He will change it. Cooperate with him. Allow him to change the circumstances. He will. Focus on Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Looking away from all things. Looking unto Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes fixed on him. He will take care of every other detail of your life. He will. Stop acting as if God is weak. He's not weak. Never. He understands. His power is beyond, beyond your imagination. He can fix your life with whatever issue it is. Whatever you need on the natural level, he's able to do it. Take your eyes away from the natural life and fix it on Jesus. Bible said in Colossians chapter 3, he said, let your mind be in Christ. Let your mind be in him where he's seated. Not on earthly things. Not on earthly things. I need food. I need clothes. I need job. I need husband. I need wife. Hello? Those are earthly things. Can I take it deeper? Must you marry? Hello? <laughs> eh? Paul said, if you want, marry. If you don't want to marry, it doesn't matter. Hello? <laughs> you already married anyways. <laughs> Sometimes I joke with my wife. I said, if I knew, if I have revelation, the way I have it now, then I will not marry. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to marry, it's good to have kids, beautiful, lovely. But each one will stand before God separately to give judgment, to give account of your life. Paul said it's better not to marry because a man that is married has so many things in his head. <laughs> but if you cannot control yourself, then you get married. That's what he said. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is all you need. If you don't have your peace and joy in Christ, you can't get it from your spouse. Hello? Most of us think that marriage will give us peace and joy. Jesus is your peace and your joy. First, hallelujah, before your spouse. He is your peace. He is your joy. Praise God. Most of us want prosperity. We want success, money. Must you have money? Hello? Must you have it? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Prosperity. 
These earthly things, hello. These earthly things are sometimes misleading. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Must you be rich? <laughs> Have you read the New Testament? When the apostles were talking, they said, if anyone has the goods of this world, let him share with his brother. If anyone have it, the goods of this world, to them, it was nothing. Have you read it? When you study the New Testament very well, you'll be shocked. Earthly things to them meant nothing. Because they have Jesus. They have the presence of God with them. They have the fullness of God with them. It meant nothing to them. Earthly things didn't matter. They didn't even have houses. They didn't care. They didn't care. They didn't marry. They didn't care. Hello? That's reality. Praise God. They didn't care about all the earthly things that, they, that we, today we are all jumping about. They didn't care. And God is bringing the church back to that place in Jesus' name. When you, read, when you study the Acts, those that had properties, God, bring us to that realm, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Those that had properties, they sold it. If you sell one property in Tokyo, that's about 250000 tele or 300000 tele. <laughs> that's all the small money. So you take the property and bring the church and bring the money in the church. When are we going to see such happenings? Amen. It shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? That's what they did. So what caused them to do that? How did they live such life of carefreeness to the things of the earth? All their focus was in heaven. No wonder they walked in such power. No wonder they walked in such authority over, over demons and, and, and darkness. Because they had no business with earthly things. They have it, they use it, but their mind is not there. Hallelujah. God will bring us there in Jesus' name. Amen. God will bring us there. When you begin to redefine the meaning of success, you begin to redefine the value of money in your hands as a Christian. The Holy Ghost is the teacher. He will teach you in Jesus' name. Amen. Something more than gold, something more than gold, the presence and the power of God. Hallelujah. I, I think sometimes the zeal that we have for things of earth, if we exercise half of that zeal for the things of the spirit, where will we be? Hallelujah. The zeal we exercise, the faith level that we release for money and earthly things, if we exercise it for things of the spirit, my God, what will we come out with? No, we want to be rich. No, we want money. I've given out money to so many people. I've never seen their, them changed by that money. I've observing. You get it now. You give people money, it's a physical thing. I realize that physical things cannot change people. Cannot change them. In fact, the more you give, the more they come back to you. <laughs> because they don't know Jesus, the source. But if that is why when Jesus, when he touched people, not with money, but power, their lives is changed. Hallelujah. That's what I want to be giving to people. 
<laughs> that's what, for me personally, that's what I want to be giving people. Because when you give people natural things, that's why Jesus said to the woman, he said, this water, if you drink it, you will hunger for more. That's what he said. It's a natural water that will quench natural thirst. But I have a water. I have a water that when I give it to you, it will quench all your thirst. Hallelujah. That is the water each of us should be giving out to people. Praise God. But we cannot give it if we don't have it in abundance. If we have it in trickle. <laughs> if we have it in drops, it's not even enough for us. <laughs> Talk about giving it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the water must overflow. The river, if the Bible says it's river, the river must overflow. So how do we get this river? I pray that you'll be tested for this from today in Jesus' name. May the test of the river of the Lord follow you in Jesus' name. Let it be what you ask God for. Can I challenge you deeper? Take your, (laughs) may your prayer and your asking turn to spiritual things from today. In Jesus' name. You will give the testimony of how the natural things sort themselves out. Hallelujah. The natural things, they will sort themselves out. Because God is omnipotent. Sovereign God. His providence is over all things. He works here. He works. Why you are minding your minding him? Why you are meditating on how I can increase spiritually? How can my life be more yielded to God? How can my life manifest more purity? When you are mindful of these things, how can I bring others into the kingdom? When this is your mind, the natural aspect of your life, your job, whatever, will take care of itself by the power of God. Praise God. I am convinced that Christians, we got it wrong. By seeking the things of the earth first at the expense of things spiritual. And that is why we are the way we are. The more we seek, the more we don't find them. As James said, you ask, you don't have. Because you're asking with a wrong motive. That's what's happening. Change your asking today. Because actually, the spirit controls the natural. I've never seen a man prospering spiritually and fail to prosper naturally. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Because according to your soul, is prospering. If you focus on spiritual prosperity, you look foolish physically to people. But listen, people's opinion are not important. It's not important in this issue. Your family member's opinion, if they are not in Christ, is not important. Hello? There's only one opinion that matters to you, and that is what the word of God says. That's what that matters. Focus on spiritual prosperity. Bible says that spiritual exercise is important. You say natural importance is important. Natural exercise is important. It will build your muscles, right? But spiritual exercise is far more important. Bible says it has harvest. It produces fruit both in this life and the next life. So focus on spiritual prosperity. In other words, spend more time in God's presence. Spend more time in the word of God. And let the spirit of faith enter you in. Let that spirit 
take dominion over your life. And you can, I say this, you can stay in your room and cause things to happen outside by your prayer. Hallelujah. Even your faith, even circumstances realize that this one, is a, there's something in this man. By the, just knowing Christ and understanding him is enough. Praise God. Things will come to you. Favor will come to you. Blessings will come to you without you doing anything. Hallelujah. The life that Christ brought us is a powerful life. If you believe you have it, you have that life in you. It only needs to be, to be set on a blaze. It only needs to be put on fire. There's no limit to its fire. Let it keep burning. Let it keep increasing over you. Until when you encounter people, they say, this one has been with Jesus. This one looks like him. Praise God. Let no one look down on you, whether you have earthly things or not. No. No. That's not our yardstick for success. It's not. It's not. But no. Paul said, you have all things. He said, all things are yours. What things? All things that belong to Jesus are yours. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? The power of Jesus is yours to walk in. The power of Jesus is yours to walk in. The wealth of Christ is yours to enjoy. All that he is, is mine. That's what it means to be a Christian, Christ in. Christian is Christ in. That's what it means. It's not one that comes to church, no. One who Christ dwells in. That's a Christian. Christ in. That's what that word means. So you have Christ in you. Hallelujah. You have joy in you. You have peace in you. You have power in you. You have victory in you. Hallelujah. You are carrying the blessing in you. How can you carry the blessing and be defeated? By life. How possible is that? It is not possible. It's only that you haven't awakened to the reality that you are carrying the blessing. You haven't awakened to the reality. When you awaken to the reality of who you are and what you carry in Christ, circumstances will align themselves to obey. They are obeying the Christ in you, not you. They are obeying the Christ that you are carrying. So you must be conscious that I'm carrying Christ. You must be conscious of it. Hallelujah. You must be conscious of the new life and new nature I have. I am peculiar. You are peculiar because you are carrying Christ in you. Christ is the anointing and the anointed one. You are carrying him in you. That's what makes you peculiar. Demons recognize that. Circumstances recognize that. But you must fan it into flame. How? Fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. Fellowship, fellowship with Jesus who is the Christ himself. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. When you fellowship with him, your life will never remain the same. You will go from joy to joy, from glory to glory, from victory to victory. That is your portion. That is your portion. From blessing to blessing. That's your portion. It's always increase. It's always on the increase. The joy is always on the increase. Everything about Christ is always on the increase. 
Hallelujah. So, as I see you, next year, you'll be expressing a higher level of productivity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your life will show a, an increase because God is the God of increase. Praise God. Don't worry about circumstances. I encourage you in Jesus' name. Don't worry about that. Your God is bigger. Your father is bigger. <laughs> He's bigger than it. How can I be worried about circumstances? It is, I mean, it is the doubt. It's unfair to God. How can I worry about what to eat, what to drink, how to pay my rent? No. God is not blind. He sees it. Maybe most of you are not yet married. When you marry and have kids, you realize how foolish it is for your child to worry about these things in your presence. How foolish is it? For your children to worry about food when you are there. That is how foolish it is to God. When you, his beloved, precious child, is worrying about your physical life. The Bible says, cast all your cares unto the Lord, for he cares for you. 